Aloha, lads and lasses, and welcome to episode four of the Soccer Talk Lads podcast. We're a man down this week, but Justin and I will persevere as we talk about the beautiful renderings for the St. Louis MLS Stadium, then move on to the Premier League race and the MLS final. It's going to be a cheeky good time, so let's kick off. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Soccer Talk Lads or STL podcast. My name is Stephen Ground and I am not single, I'm just self-coupled like Emma Watson. I'm here with uh, Justin Horniker joining me from the only side of Missouri that doesn't have an MLS team. Justin, how's it, how's it going over there on the KC side? It's good. They're going to hate that you said that. Yeah, but well, that's, it's going well. It's the truth. Geographically, <laughs> it is accurate. And look at state lines. Let's talk about state lines. Yeah, this is how they work. There is a line, and if you're on one side of the line, you're in one state. And if you're on the other side, you're in another state. And that's how lines work. Seems simple to me. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we are noticeably down a man today. Our friend Ian Peters uh, has decided that four episodes of our torture was torture enough and he's quit the podcast now he is feeling a little under the weather today as you may be able to tell i am but uh he didn't wasn't able to make it tonight so we're just going with the two of us but you know we'll try to power through without someone to beat up on and pick on and randomly ask about the uh, red bull teams he did get one the other day i asked him you know he's winning he's coming from a far away since the first episode and i'm very proud of i forget who was playing i think maybe it was leon or somebody but somebody was playing rb salzburg and i asked him to guess which red bull team it was and he got it right so he's really growing and maturing and i'm sure by the time he's back um he'll maybe know what direction you're supposed to kick the ball in or something i don't know yeah my hope is by the time that stlfc is named and takes the field that he'll be able to tell me what a false nine is that's the ultimate goal i think we should all be shooting for that would be a true achievement <laughs> i'm just hoping that he actually watches the tottenham game by that point but we'll see we'll see <laughs> he did tell us he told us this weekend that he thinks he might be a watford fan uh, so apparently Tottenham suffering wasn't suffering enough for him. So he decided to step down the ranks quite a bit to a team that is almost certain to be relegated this year. But, uh, we'll talk about relegation. <laughs> we'll talk about relegation in a little bit. Why don't we start with the STLFC news, or excuse me, the MLS for STL news, uh, MLS for the Lou. I'm all over the place. The MLS team from St. Louis uh, posted some renderings of the stadium, more detailed and more uh, multiple renderings than we had seen before. Uh, and I, they're gorgeous. I mean, we've we've retweeted them through our Twitter account at STL underscore podcast. Is that correct? Did I get it yes. right? Yep. I, I'm learning. I'm trying to learn. Um and uh, they are gorgeous. They're all shot, well, most of them are shot at dusk, which is cheating since they're computer generated anyway. But, you know, you got to get that blue hour effect, as the photographers all told me. So, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a expansive. Wait, Steven, you're telling me that these aren't actual pictures? Uh, you know, maybe they're future pictures. Maybe they traveled ah. to the future 
and uh, also to an alternate reality in which downtown West is a real place, and they took these photos. So uh, I'm thinking that's what happened. But yeah, it's a gorgeous stadium in a fictional part of St. Louis City uh, that looks to be very red. That's a noticeable aspect of the stadium, wouldn't you say, Justin? I would say. Uh, it seems, yeah, I don't know if they're using that. I would assume that that's just a placeholder. I'm hoping. I mean, I don't hate it. Red wouldn't kill me if that was the team color. I just, it's interesting to see if they decided to give that away here or not. Uh, there's a practice facility across the street, uh, close to where the Pear Tree Inn is, I think, and across from Union Station. Uh, Again, I'm, you know, struggling to get my bearings because these are just computer-generated images and this part of the city doesn't exist. But, uh, as I said, um, it looks really nice. <laughs> there, wow. there are fireworks going off. Uh, they are, you know, they're doctored uh, because, again, Downtown West doesn't exist. But other than that, great. Any thoughts that you'd like to add, Justin? Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Go on. <laughs> well you know as a fan of the historic downtown west i think it's gonna be a great <laughs> addition <laughs> um i like they look nice uh so the renderings of like the actual stadium how they have the, like the tour the two-tier system uh-huh and that like makes it look so much bigger than it does there's, look like, massive right now. i guess those rows just aren't going to be that deep because it's only supposed to hold like twenty thousand, right yeah and like if you look at this versus like sporting park children's mercy where it's just like the one stanchion like it doesn't look as big of stadium like it doesn't look as i don't know i'm trying to think of the word for it but like the gravity of it seems bigger because of that yeah Um, i like the i like the look of it it looks gorgeous i mean i like the the kind of minimalist roofing that's going on there um and the field itself is you know i mean it it's well situated it looks really nice from the one kind of on-field shot they gave you gave you standing behind a generic goalkeeper that i can't help but notice looks a lot like tim howard uh but you know i don't think they're gonna get tim howard i just think they put a bald guy there because americans oh, yeah, think I, that goal he did retire so it'd be right. it'd be a tough ass that's to right think. well you know it could happen <laughs> i don't know other people have retired and come back to work uh ian will next next podcast i hope so uh but yeah i just i think they think americans uh believe that goalkeepers should be bald because we went from tim howard to brad guzon so mm. you know yeah it makes you more dynamic as you fly through the air is <clears throat> the main that's true just of it that's true and uh in the right lighting the uh shininess of your head can blind potential strikers as well so it's a it's a right. win-win yeah. uh but <laughs> Yeah, these are on Twitter. You all can look at them. It's hard to say a lot without you seeing them, but I like it. And it looks like it's a more, you know, they're going to have the practice uh, fields and the uh, team headquarters across the street. And they're going to be kind of renovating the whole area. And this goes along with the uh, the renovation and expansion of uh, Union Station with the aquarium that I'm oh so excited about. But this is neither the time nor place for me to talk about my love of marine biology and marine life. But uh, I am excited about that. you got a Ferris that. wheel now. That's right. You There's know, a it big all shiny depends. Ferris wheel. Uh, I don't know where I'm going to park for hockey games anymore, but that's a separate issue, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is just, this is just cool because it makes it that much more real, I feel like. And 
Uh, Taylor Twalman got excited about it. MLS's account got excited about it. We're all excited, and I don't know. It's a good. It's a great start. What do you think? Anything more to add to that? What, what do you think? I really want to know, like color wise, what's going to happen. Yeah, because like. I like the whole idea of blue and yellow. Like after you got those cars, when you guys went to the game, like, I was saying like blue and yellow. Okay, I was like sold on it. But now I'm seeing all this red. Yeah, it looks good. I, I, <laughs> I'm. I just don't want it to be boring. I guess yeah. I don't know. Like just don't make it like red and black or red and white. Like I don't know. Just just do something interesting. The Cardinals are like red, but they're like there's so much white and gray in their uniforms that they're not like really a red team, you know? Um, and so I could do more red. I just don't want it to be like boring red, you know, you know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about yellow, it gets evened out. Yes, exactly. And maybe some, maybe some blue, like maybe you have a blue and yellow team and then just add a streak of red for no reason. And I'm sure fans would love that, you know, like, but like a couple of stripes, like not just like one. <laughs> yeah, no, around, not like, like not like the whole jersey, but just I'm thinking like the corner, like the bottom corner of it, it could be red for like no reason at all. I think fans would really dig that. I think that'd be really and like popular. twenty years after the jerseys come out, they can like have a new jersey, and everyone can just be arguing about it yeah. the whole time whether they like it or not. Yeah, basically, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I think it'd be a huge okay. hit. And it could be a throwback for again for no reason at all later in the later in the lifespan of the jersey. So yeah. I think we're agreed there. Um, so that's a good that's a good starting place for our uh, our soccer discussion today. But you know, there's a lot going on. There's not as much going on in St. Louis soccer because the MLS team is uh, a ways away. There is, of course, MOS soccer and MOS playoffs to talk about, which we will do. But in the meantime, I feel like we should catch up on the, uh, the, the hotbed of the soccer world, perhaps the premier league, which is, uh, I, I want to say about as bizarre as it's been in my time following it this year. I mean, other than the one-off anomaly of like Leicester city winning the title, uh, I think this year, Which, this, this year, <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Uh, this year you've got, you know, the two teams at the top that you expected, maybe not quite the race you expected there. Uh, but then everyone below them is somehow out of whack or doing something weird. So, uh, your team is Manchester United. You want to get us caught up on the goings on at, uh, the, some would say the New York Yankees of the premier league. Well, Steven, speaking of one team that predominantly wears red that uh, plays in lower division, let's talk about another team that predominantly wears red that might get relegated to lower division. That is Manchester United. (laughs) Is there a chance that this team doesn't (laughs) escape the relegation zone at the end of the year? That would be uh, hilarious. It's been bad. It's been been pretty. It's just like there's no consistency. So we'll have that games where they scored and look dominant, and then they'll have games where they lose one nothing to Bournemouth. Yeah, that one seems like too particular to be improvised. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so I knew I was watching the game, and like sometimes you can kind of get that feel of how this game is going to go. Mm-hmm. And the second that Bournemouth scored, I'm like, "There's no way this team's going to come back at all. Like, this is it." <laughs> <laughs> I've had those games before. I remember when uh, a couple of years ago, not last season, but the season before that, when 
you know, Liverpool wasn't wasn't in the title race because that was the year that Man City was like 50 billion points ahead, but they were trying to fight for a, a uh, Champions League spot and they had a tie with uh, Norwich City away in Northern Wales <coughs> and they went down one nothing, and there was like no excuse for them to lose to Nor or not Norwich City, uh, Swansea City. Uh, in a million years, they had no right to lose to them, and uh, I, you just knew. You just knew the second they were behind that it was like, well, they already shouldn't be behind, so they're just going to lose, and they did. So I've, I know your feeling, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so looking at <coughs> XG stats, so like expected goals, expected point stats, they're you and your seven stats. and a half points behind where they should be. And, and it's just not been good. <laughs> and <laughs> if I were to tell you that Scott McSominay was the fourth leading scorer on this team, what would that signify to you, Stephen? That would be very <laughs> disturbing because I would think you just swore at me in some foreign language. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that doesn't that that doesn't seem right for sure. There's if I were to tell you that no one else has scored goals, <laughs> so those four are the only Manchester United players. When you, players you look play at the people goals. who haven't scored goals, it is disturbing. Like as not you know, you'd expect Rashford to be on top, right? Um, but then you look at the the three that have scored and the all of them that haven't, including you know Lingard and and Pogba and all of these guys that have not scored goals. It's it's not good. It's not great. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, the four, so to talk really play, the four Manchester United players who have scored, Mark Strashford with five goals, Anthony Marshall with three, Daniel James with three, Scott McSominay with two, and then no one else. That's Fred, it's Juan Mata, it's Pogba. Not to be <laughs> confused with Ole Mata for you uh, hockey fans crossovers out not, there only mata that only also star. hasn't scored for the uh manchester united red devils this year either though so he does have that good no. form but i don't know if it's the players that just aren't good enough or if it's something with only system but everyone just looks like so dejected like the second that a goal scored against yeah what is it about soccer that is such I, just, I mean, soccer to me is more dominated by momentum than almost any sport that I've ever watched consistently. Because it's just like, you just know in certain games that it's it's over or that it's not over. You know, compare your experience with Bournemouth where, you know, not to jump ahead, we'll talk about this, but when Liverpool was playing this weekend and they were, you know, behind early and they fought back all... Uh, week to beat or all game to beat Aston Villa and you just like as a Liverpool fan you were like disgusted that they were behind <laughs> but also didn't ever feel like they wouldn't at least tie it well even from like my point of view where I'm not really a <laughs> Liverpool fan but whenever I watch a Liverpool game and they're down one nothing you kind of expect them to win yeah I mean like even as it gets later in the game it's that gross habit they have of playing their best soccer at the end of the game but it's I mean back to the main point back to the man united element what is it about soccer that makes it so like the momentum is all 
you know, is all determining factor. You would think that Manchester United should just be able to power up and beat Bournemouth, you know, like just right. by the sheer skill the, and the, the gap in skill between the two teams. Why do you think it is that they can't right now? Yeah, I just think it's like a bad mix. Yeah. Uh, like I want to see Ole get time. Um, I don't know if he will. <laughs> yeah, but I just a... think like they have such a mix of players from like the past like four managers that I don't know if it works. And like some players have like Juan Basaka has been great defensively. Daniel James obviously was a good pickup. Scott Matamane for some reason has been playing well. Um, but like, I think they have to move on from Pogba because he's just not working. Yeah, for sure. It's one of those. So like how, as like talented of a player he is, you don't want to move on from him, but just not. Yeah, good. <laughs> they're caught between the bit of a rock and a hard place because they're not historically a very patient club, you know, especially since Sir Alex Ferguson left and they've had to. They're trying to find the next Sir Alex Ferguson, and that's impossible. So. You know, you mean David Moyes didn't work out for you? <laughs> it's just like I—I th- I think that's one of the problems. There's always they talk about the Lombardi curse in uh, American football when you you know have fire or replace or have a great coach retire, the next one's just doomed. You know, like whoever succeeds yeah. succeeds follows Bill Belichick is just screwed. Like there there's no chance they have success at that job. Because they can't be Bill Belichick. And so, like, I, I almost feel like, like, man, you is sort of still stuck in the shadow of Sir Alex. And what they really need is somebody who can, you know, who has the trust um, to just come in there and make it his project. And they need to have the patience to give him three or four transfer windows to see, to actually build a cohesive team that is his, you know, and... And I just don't feel like they're willing to do that right now. And I feel like, I don't know, you could correct me if you're wrong, if I'm wrong on this, but I feel like they never intended to make Ole the guy when they brought him on as like the caretaker last year. And then he got hot enough and popular enough that they couldn't, they couldn't choose not to basically their hand was forced. Do you feel like that's true to some extent? Kind of. I also feel like it, they're kind of up two minds too, where they're wanting to find someone who was like that Manchester United way, kind of like what Chelsea did mm-hmm. uh, with their hiring of like this person that is the club. So it's like bigger than a manager per se. So not someone opposite of Jose Mourinho where like Jose is the club, but someone <laughs> <Yeah>. who <laughs> don't more say. like signifies. Yeah. Jose isn't really all about Manchester United. He's more all about Jose Mourinho. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so I think like between that as well, where you don't want to move on from someone who's a club legend that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is, um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Like, it seems, cause when you look at the underlying stats, like system wise, it doesn't look as bad as it looks on like when you're watching the game, uh-huh. like they're actually numbers, they're fourth in the league and expected goals for, but they're 13th in the league for actual goals. Mm-hmm. So you would think that like at some point that's going to even out or at some point it's just the players have to move on. You have to get somebody who can actually capitalize on chances. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's definitely the player. I think at, at the the heart, it is the players. But the point you made about the players being kind of three or four different teams sort of built into this hmm. chimera of, you know, 
an organization. I think that's that's really kind of the. I mean, again, from an outside observer's like, Paul Pogba yeah. should be the centerpiece of a team, but he's not. He doesn't have the trust of this team right now, and so he's you know not even getting played all the time, and he's not playing well when he is being played, and and it's just just feels like a mess right now and i don't know how you dig out yeah i don't have the answers that's for sure <laughs> how soon is paul skulls the manager for uh, manchester <laughs> next year let's see if we can do it again <laughs> who is who do you think actually could be the answer have you thought about coaches that you'd like managers i don't former think players? i don't think there is because they tried the approach of like let's bring in david moyes as like the guy who hasn't done it yet but maybe could as uh-huh. Sir Alice Ferguson's replacement let's bring in Jose Mourinho let's bring in Louis van Gaal um and like none of that is really well Jose got willed that team to second place but Jose also isn't a long-term answer for anyone yeah so I, yeah I don't Jose, know we'll talk more about Jose in a bit <laughs> yeah it's it, it is they have kind of tried like the three main like you can hire the manager who's an upstart that might become something, or you can hire the established guy that's a big personality, or you can hire the former player who's going to be like a, you know, bleed and dye the team colors. And like, they've tried all three and none of them have worked so far. I mean, they all worked for a while. Ole worked for a while last season, but this season it's a huge mess. I don't know. Yeah. I think the answer is probably more of, they need to have a better strategy of buying players that actually work for a system as opposed to like spending the most money on people in the transfer market. That could help. And I, yes, I'm obviously partial to the guy we'll talk about in a minute, which is Jurgen Klopp, but the way he is like, Oh, I would say overly cautious on the transfer market. Like he's gone like two plus markets now without making any big impact additions. And that can be kind of frustrating, especially when you're bringing, you know, Adam Leilana on to be your clutch scorer with all due respect to what he did in uh, the game before last. But you see that every player he has fits his system, you know, and, and the minute that they don't, they're not playing as often as they used to. And it yeah. is, it's nice. I mean, it's nice to trust the guy that you have at the helm for sure. Uh, you have anything more you want to say about Man U? They've got Partizan on the schedule for Thursday, and then Brighton and Sheffield United are their next two Premier League matchups. Uh, I mean, you'd expect it to be uh, easygoing, but are those hope. home or away? That's, uh, uh, let's... Brighton is away and Sheffield is home. So they'll beat Brighton and lose to Sheffield. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it feels like those should both be wins, but Sheffield's continuing to amaze people you know so well that those are my predictions right now they'll win one lose one but they'll win the way game to lose the Sheffield. that's why that's that feels right sheffield united is currently sixth with 16 points you ever think about how there may be a team that finishes with fewer points than they currently have uh i feel like what was 19 the the lowest total last year yeah i remember but um yeah, it was brutal. 16. No, Huddersfield had 16 last year. So, yeah, there could be a team that finishes with fewer points than Sheffield now has. Uh, so, we alluded to it earlier. Liverpool beat Ashton Villa 
Aston Villa, as you put it here, Ashton Villa. <laughs> I don't know if that was autocorrect or you're trying to trip me up, but it worked either way. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was a it was a game. It was it was a it was an event, um, as we already discussed a little bit. Um, they went down early with the uh, goal against that. Um, Mahmoud Hassan scored in the 21st minute, but then uh, Andrew Robinson, Robertson, Andrew Robinson, ugh, such a rookie mistake. <laughs> Andrew Robertson scored the uh, equalizer in the 87th minute off a gorgeous cross from Sadio Mane, who then scored the go-ahead goal off the head in the uh, corner, from the corner, in the 94th minute. Just like I said, it's it's that exact opposite feel where even when it's the 85th minute and you're still down one nothing, you're just like, yeah, they'll tell, still tie it somehow, you know? Right, yeah. Like, it's just, it's almost... It's it's almost a gross feeling of like, ugh, they should have made this easy on me, and they didn't, you know? Like, I've had to sweat out this whole game, and you know they're still going to at least take the point, and they ended up taking two points, and they stay six queer atop the table ahead of Manchester City, so I don't know, man. Every, a lot of people are crowning them champions now. Uh, I think it's way too early with their historic, history of uh, letting the title slip away, if you will, but mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah. see how I did that to myself for you. Uh, you bet, you beat me to the punch. I thought yes. it was very nice of me. Um, <laughs> but they have Manchester City on Sunday, and if they can somehow win that game, then that's a huge, obviously, victory for them. So, Yeah, I think that's almost, I don't want to say it's like the title decider in November, mm -hmm. but I don't think that City's looked good enough to make up that amount of points. So like if, you, if Liverpool goes nine up, just like with the belief that they have yeah. every year, I don't think that city can catch them. And they host that, which is nice. So um, I may have had the reverse earlier. It may be Brighton at home and uh, Sheffield away because I, I thought the bottom team was away like an amateur. But, <clears throat> um, but yeah, I think uh, it's, I mean, it's obviously a huge matchup because if Man City wins it, um, then they just, you know, kind of sail away and, uh, you know, where they have all the momentum back basically in the hunt like they did last year, uh, later in the season when they, uh, won against Liverpool and kind of regained the traction that helped them win out. But, uh, if Liverpool wins it, it definitely will be huge for them and they will look pretty unbeatable, which is why it'll probably be a draw and tell us nothing. <laughs> right. <there. laughs> almost, That's actually probably the most likely. Almost outcome. certainly. Wins and losses be damned. <laughs> uh, when, um, when Pep and Klopp play each other, they are often extremely cautious because I, I think they would rather, they would rather that team slip up against somebody else then, you know, their team risks slipping up against them. So I would I would expect a pretty cautious, maybe even a little bit of a boring game on Sunday. But we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I hope I hope Liverpool actually tries to take it to Man City and kind of claim the this season as their own, but I just don't necessarily expect it. And Liverpool it's has really been exciting. like I love I love that matchup because yeah. those two oh, are yeah. such amazing. master technicians. And they 
they like have such a, a respectful hatred for each other you know i mean they're a, a genuine like friendship and and alignment but then also like a, a genuine rivalry it's very i don't know I, I like it a lot they're awesome to watch uh especially just watch them on the sideline during the game uh so we'll see we'll see um yeah i'm already nervous so we'll figure it out <laughs> Uh, Everton tied Tottenham this weekend, meaning that no one gets Jose Mourinho. Um, For shame. <laughs> I said that the loser would get Mourinho, and they both wanted to avoid him so badly that uh, Tottenham uh, allowed the draw late. Everton uh, lost Diego. Is it Diego Garcia? Am I making that name up? Uh, that sounds right, but I don't want to commit. <laughs> um Youngman son slide tackled Andre Gomez. Who's Diego Garcia? Not even close. Racist. <laughs> I'm a racist. Um, but uh, son slide tackled him on the sideline, and uh, Gomez hit the turf awkwardly and dislocated his ankle. Anyone that was watching the game uh, is well aware that it was a gruesome injury. The uh, referee, Martin Atkinson, who I think, I think is the only Premier League referee. I don't know how he gets to all of the games, but that's the only name I ever hear. Um, but in any case, Martin Atkinson uh, awarded the, or awarded isn't the right word, gave the yellow card initially. And then uh, when he saw that, um, Gomez's ankle wasn't pointing the correct direction, <laughs> went back to Son and gave him a red card. Son was distraught on the field and had his head in his hands and was queerly upset about the injury. And uh, it was just a, a gruesome but emotional. I don't know. There's this weird side of me that like anytime I see something like that, I'm almost like I don't enjoy it, obviously, because I would rather the player not be injured. But I'm always moved by the fact that like when push comes to shove, all the heat and uh, you know, rivalry and intensity of the moment melts away when somebody is hurt and they all, you know, they all remember that this is a sport and that they all really want each other to succeed, you know, and don't ever want to see anyone injured. I just like the sportsmanship in moments like that. Um, even though you obviously don't want to see the injury to make it happen, but those are both teams that really, really desperately needed a win to get back on track. So naturally neither one of them got it. <laughs> But in that moment, to see the the sportsmanship still kind of rise to the surface, I don't know. It was, it was nice, other than that the circumstances were awful. So uh, there was a long VAR review right before that red card. So this game ended with uh, twelve minutes of stoppage time. Yeah, real nice. <laughs> yeah, it was not a uh, not great. And Everton was able to equalize uh, after they you know got the man advantage with the red card. Um, and uh, it was a 1-1 draw at the end of the game. Um, Chink Tosin, I can't pronounce his name, uh, but he got the equalizing goal in the 97th minute. So, um, rough one for Tottenham especially to draw that one. Uh, and really unfortunate considering that they have now rescinded the red card uh, that, you know, Pochettino made the point that Son had he been on the field still might have helped them win the game uh, yeah. be, or at least, you know, prevented the, um, you know, having 11 guys would help prevent the go ahead goal. And uh, you know, you can debate that till you're blue in the face, but it happened. At least they don't lose son for the next three premier league games. So that's something, I guess. I don't know. Rough game, rough teams. They're part of that whole like feeling of upside downness in the league. 
Yeah, well, like Tottenham, they're like almost, I would say they're in that Manchester camp of like, they should be a lot better than they are, yeah, but also they sure. aren't as much of a circus show as United is. So, <laughs> <That's true. That's laughs> like Everton, I'm actually like legitimately worried that they could like fall into the relegation zone at any moment. They're only three points up they've, on Southampton. They flirted with it last year pretty hard for a while there, so it's certainly possible. There are those teams, you know, Man- Manchester United at the end of the day, you, we can joke about it, but it would just be, you know, absolutely shocking if they got relegated. Everton is not one of those teams where it would like shock you, you know, it'd still be a big surprise, but they've been pretty awful for a while now. So it wouldn't be, I don't know, you know, it would be a surprise because of the status of their club, but they have not right. been managed well for a while. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's like when I first started watching like Premier League soccer, probably when like Tim Howard and Lynn Donovan were over there uh-huh. and like that team was consistently like top seven, top yeah. eight, top nine. And like consistently, consistently mediocre is what I always thought of yeah. them as. And just like the fall from grace that they've had. Consistently is mediocre. Isn't that bad a place to be in, in the premier league? No, I mean, if you're <laughs> finishing like seventh through 13th, yeah. like all this, if you don't have the money to compete with the top clubs, that's the best you can hope for. But uh, I, I mean, I want, I honestly want to see a stronger Everton. I'm, I'm one of those sports fans who never likes to see rivals suffer too much because then it's just not any fun, you know? So, um, and you beat them, it's just like sad. Yeah. It's just like, what, what's become of you? So, uh, I'd like to see it, but, um, I don't know. It's not going to happen this year. I don't think you want to talk about Arsene Winger. Oh, I sure do. Please I do. sure do. Please go ahead. <laughs> I think I had this tweet earlier this week. But I was like, when the football script writers turned in the scene where Unai Emery is fired and Arsene Wenger is then being considered for the Bayern Munich job, it's a little bit on the nose, don't you think? <laughs> I like that one a lot, and it's, it's true. So, <laughs> Bayern Munich, they haven't had the greatest start in the world, so I can't remember for life who their manager is but he's on the hot seat and the reports are that they Isn't are he had officially problems. gone i think they officially canned him Did he? is he gone for good yeah so the reports see. are that they've been talking to arson banger like at the same time that arsenal is like putting out rumors that they're about to let unai emery go as well <laughs> how insane N- is this Nico so that, like... kovach was the manager and he was okay. sacked uh what a sacked. great word and uh, the next headline says, Arsene Wenger gives cryptic answer when asked about interest in Bayern Munich job. It's like, so for the past decade that he was Arsenal manager, like after the like Incredibles year, they had talked about like moving on from him and he was just like frozen in that job. They wouldn't fire him. They finally let him go. And then like a year and a half later, Arsenal is in a worse place and like fingers being considered one of the best jobs in the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... It's the reality of coaching. Sometimes you have that guy that's there and you just need a, a fresh coat of paint. Um, although, as you said, not everything is rosy in uh, Arsenal's world right now either. But um, We say that, but they're in fifth place. So that's it's not like true, they're... yeah. <laughs> but they've only won one of the last five, Justin. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hilarious. I mean, it's, it's so believable and yet so hilarious. I don't know. What do you think? Where do you want Arsene Wenger to end up? I kind of want it to happen just because, like, I'm, I love when these, like, circus shows can happen. Like, Baron kind of needs a manager like Wenger that's, like, so it's a play at that point of, like, it, what's going to happen, especially with, like, how they've been playing. If they continue to, like, 
underwhelm, mm -hmm. which for Bayern would be like not winning the Bundesliga by 20 points. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it'd be interesting. I For like entertainment's sake, I want to see it. Yeah. Same reason why like Jose Mourinho needs a Premier League job, just like oh, to entertain please. me let's, with the antics. Let's randomly scroll the list and see where he's going to go. This is hard to do with a mouse, but I'm going to close my eyes. We're going to find out. It is West Ham. Today, Jose Mourinho randomly goes to West Ham United. I'd like it. I think it would fit. That's a that's a good London team, you know? His, yeah. if, my, if my dream of him coming to MLS is not to be considered, which... You know, go to Miami, Jose. Just do it. <laughs> Coach Messi and hang out with Beckham and just do it. Right. Uh, if I dream of that, like realistically, he's probably going to have to go to someplace who is going to spend money, which is why I found the rumors of him going to Tottenham just like so comical. Of He needs a really job, like any job will do. So let's go to the place that isn't going to spend money on transfers. And... Yeah. Let's go, <laughs> yeah. Let's go to the place that is probably going to lose its world-class manager precisely because they don't spend any money on transfers. That's a great idea. Right. <laughs> um, Liver or Liverpool, Leicester city and Chelsea are climbing up the table. Leicester city has four one and O in their last five, with just the one loss uh, two games ago. And Chelsea has five O and O in their last five. They both have 23 points and are breathing down man city's neck. Uh, Man City's at 25 points right now. Um, your thoughts on these two teams and the Christian Pulisic-led uh, <laughs> Chelsea, whatever they're called. Okay, I'm about to speak very well of Chelsea, so don't think uh, anything less than me. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, my hatred of Chelsea is irrational, the more I think about it, because it is, like, so passionate, and I don't know why. Because I've hated them for longer than I've been like a passionate soccer fan. Yeah. So it's very confusing to me. But anyway, go on. I think you just knew that you were supposed to hate Chelsea. I guess first just intrinsically, yeah. yeah. As long that, as you've been watching soccer, you're supposed that, to not like them. Now they've uh, got Pulisic and it's like my heart is torn, you know? Right. So. Me too. Like I'm going to watch every game that Christian Pulisic plays. And he's like turned it on. Yeah. He has two goals and two assists, or four goals and two assists in the past like three games, I think. Uh -huh. That is. And like they have a bunch of young players who all playing like super cohesive football. Uh, did you like that? I did. I like that very much. Um, like it seems like there's a whole lot less drama there than like any other team, and people are playing for spots in the way that Lampard has the team running. Is like if you don't play well, you're not gonna get the start, but you're still gonna get chances. And everyone that's been scrutinized has like come out and played well. Like there's the reports that people say was unhappy with his playing time, and then like all of a sudden he's starting and playing just about as well as you can. Um, I don't think there's really a weak point in that team right now. Like there might not be the superstar that like Liverpool and Man City have, or like the like, team leader that like Jamie Vardy is for Leicester. But like as a team, they almost feel stronger than what Leicester is. Like yeah. as good as Man City right now. Well, you see the way too that they like when they celebrate a goal or when you know something good happens, they're all celebrating as a team. It's not one guy streaking off on his own to celebrate how great he is, you know. So it really, in the space of a couple of months under Lampard's leadership, they've gone from kind of a, a sideshow comedy act to 
a well-oiled machine again. And and I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I do like it for Christian Pulisic. Because... Oh, it makes you wonder if, like, the second the transfer ban is off, they go back to their old ways instead of, like, yeah. being forced to play could players. Be. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. Yeah, it really could be. They could just go look for some superstar that doesn't fit at all, and it could be all over. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I love it for Christian Pulisic because I want him to be on a good team where he features heavily and you know there were a lot of questions about whether the premier league role that he was thrust into ever well i mean he sought it but whether whether the team he ended up on and the role he was playing certainly at the start of the season were the best thing for his development and i don't think sitting on the bench even in the premier league probably was but uh the role he's playing now i think it pretty unarguably is great for his development as a player because he's i've always thought that even so even if he never played this year like you know he's a young guy he has to compete for that spot i don't know to me it's always seemed like just a lot of nonsense british tabloidism that he would be upset about not starting yeah probably i mean he's it's he's a young player like you said and it's a top club in the world so you know, you gotta you gotta fight for your spot, but you definitely also, as an American, just want to see him playing as often as possible, just because you know. Yeah. <laughs> so why would you bench yeah, him? Also that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's great for him. It's bad for me because I don't like Chelsea. Uh, I do like Leicester a lot, though. It's it's impossible for me to dislike them, even if they're a threat, you know, to Liverpool. And who knows if they had the staying power this year. I mean, their team is not as deep as any of these other top teams. Uh, you know, Sheffield not not included in that list. But, um, but they did beat Southampton 9 to nothing. That's true. And uh, all while Rebecca Vardy was heavily pregnant. So it's a real accomplishment for that. It's like it's strengthened Jamie Vardy because he's played very well since all that came out. He's just yeah. thrived. Maybe he's just like, one of those guys who's just fueled by hatred and, and public scrutiny. I don't know, but he's, cigarettes. Yeah. And cigarettes, no doubt about that. But, um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a fun, it's a fun premier league this year. I feel, I feel like the last few years, uh, it was a foregone conclusion, you know, two years ago it was pretty foregone conclusion that man city would win. Uh, last year it was, it was a fight, but you knew it would probably be one of Liverpool and Man City. And this year, you know, you feel like it probably still will be one of those two teams. But if it's not Liverpool, I'm not convinced right now that it's Man City, you know? Yeah. And that's that's more interesting than it has been. So I kind of like it. I don't know. Any any last thoughts on the Premier League before you tell yeah, us I think that's right. I think it has to be one of those four. So I I don't think anyone, like, I don't think Arsenal gets it together enough. But, mm-hmm. like, say Chelsea's run of form continues. Like, they're at 23 points. Leicester's at 23 points. Jess was at eight points behind Liverpool. So, like, if, mm-hmm. you know, Liverpool do something where they fall down, Some... other synonyms for slipping, yeah. uh, <laughs> lose points along the way, like, I could see any of those four teams like taking advantage of that situation yeah. i mean I, I would give it just an outside shot to southampton uh climbing up and and taking down liverpool but other That's than cool. that like not losing another game the rest of the year yeah exactly. <laughs> basically would have to at this point but um yeah i mean it's it's man man united's out of it unfortunately at this point they just are 
out of the title race. And yeah, also- like that's not even been a thing that's crossed my mind of like, yeah. if they could get it together. Like, I think the goal this year is now just like finish strong, like find some sort of cohesion. Yeah, I mean, if you could and- find, you know, if you could somehow sneak into top four, that'd be a miracle at this point. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to worry about those four. Those four are already pretty separated. There's six points between Chelsea and Arsenal. Um, that's kind of the race that you're fighting right now. So, uh, any last thoughts on the Premier League before we move on to the uh, MLS? Uh, do you agree that Christian Pulisic is the best player in the oh, world? Oh, unquestionably. I think. Okay. I think when you put him on a field with Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi looks like an uncoordinated child compared to Christian Pulisic. Unless you're playing in Toronto, I think some way the hostile confines of Toronto take it all out of him. Right. Well, you know, that's we can talk all day about Greg yeah, <laughs> I'd rather not vomit. Speaking of Greg Berhalter and the U.S. Soccer Federation, uh, the MLS Finals on Sunday. Woo! <laughs> and the teams in it are Sheffield United and... Wait, what? No, sorry. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> the teams in it are Seattle versus Toronto for the third time in four years. Hey! Uh, much more exciting meeting that should have happened of LAFC versus Atlanta, but we get stuck with Seattle and Toronto at, again. At least, at least, at least, uh, now I'm, I'm blanking on his name, Ibrahimovic handled uh, defeat with class and dignity, you know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we haven't been able to talk about this enough. <laughs> no, no, please, please dig in. This is our time. This is your opportunity. So yeah, it seems like there's nothing fitting for Zlatan Ibrahimovic's final not even play final moment on MLS pitch is grabbing his junk in the direction of a LAFC fan. (laughs) (laughs) He has no floor, you know, there's no, like, there's no bottom to how low he'll sink. I feel like. And I think that's perfect. You know, the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, it doesn't matter. It's, it's all Zlatan, you know, it's all, it's all Zlatan. It's all Zlatan mania. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about this, uh, Tell us about this final. Okay. So Seattle versus Toronto, which is, again, decidedly not LAFC versus Atlanta. Um, <laughs> games being played in Seattle, Pacific Northwest. You might know it as a place that is usually rainy and cold. Uh, so Seattle won. So last two times we've been played in Toronto. Seattle won 2016. Toronto, which I wrote Atlanta, which isn't true. Uh, Toronto won in 2017. Atlanta won last year in 2018. Seattle beat why do why did I do this like multiple times? I just typos in the notes that um it's Seattle beat Toronto a three two earlier the season off of two well brewing goals. Uh, oh baby. <laughs> That's my boy. Just met Dismet Jesuit High School proud right there. I didn't right. go I didn't go to Dismet because I'm not a rich douchebag, but I hear that's where it went. And, and I hear that people from Dismet are very uh, proud about going uh, to Dismet. I have dear friends who went to Dismet, <laughs> and they're not all rich douchebags. But there, there is a certain, you know, stereotype that goes along with that school. Not that, not that anyone in St. Louis would stereotype someone based on the high school they went to. That's, that's not right. like and us. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, not that there ever would be anything wrong with that. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm painting a picture for our, I, w- I would say our, our tens of listeners from outside the St. Louis area. Uh, so, you know. so two goals from St. Louis native Wilbur. Um Seattle's led by their star attackers, Raul Ruiz Diaz, Nicholas Ladero, and U.S. international Jordan Morris, and a brick wall that is Stephen Fry. 
Um, I think for me, like, I don't like I Toronto is good. Obviously, Michael Bradley is still has it. I think it all hinges hinges on if Josie Altidore is fit to play or not. Um, and that is kind of up in the air right now. Because that's like the difference maker that you need. He's pretty good, that Josie Altidore. That Josie Altidore, yeah. He's pretty good. And he's not as old as people make him out to be. But he has uh, a lot of hard miles. And kind of injury prone. I don't know if you knew that about Josie or not. I've never heard. I, 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 it, In my gut, I think you're probably lying to me. Two more iconic duos that are Josie and missing out on key games because of uh, muscle injuries. <laughs> oh, it's brutal and true. It's it's also true. Yeah, he needs a little bit of that uh, Clint Dempsey just sort of playing with a broken ankle, sort of. Not that he ever did that specifically. I just I always felt like Clint would play nicked up all the time, and and Josie is, you know, not that, not that at all. <laughs> yeah, I just think that like just the way that he plays too is just like going to pick up injuries insane. because of yeah how he runs at balls yeah for sure so he's uh he's the cog you think if he plays they win if he doesn't they lose i think so not that play necessarily like runs through him obviously runs through the midfield mm-hmm. and michael bradley but i think that seattle is clearly the better team especially without josie and like josie has the knack of coming up with goals that like, matter isn't it, uh, isn't it weird how like Toronto has a lot of the USMNT guys, or at least the kind of old guard of yeah. USMNT? Guys? Omar Gonzalez, yeah, and... yeah, yeah, <laughs> those kinds of guys. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it'll be a close game. It should be fun, uh, but it's not necessarily the matchup people were hoping for. I guess on the bright side, Atlanta didn't get to win again, so that's good. true. That is good. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, and like on the side of Toronto or side of Seattle, like no one, everyone kind of counts them out because they're always there, but they've like been one of the most consistent things in MLR the past, like ever since they come into the league. So it's just one of those things like reinstalling, like what it means to actually be able to win the playoffs and Seattle knows how to do it. They've literally never not been good. Right. Yeah. Ever since they come to the league, they're always in the playoffs. I just like the model of consistency. Yeah, that's uh, that's the kind of team we want to be. That is ideally <laughs> when you sign up to be a team, you uh, you want to make playoffs a lot, and, and uh, win once or twice, once every fifty-one years probably would be. Paul Allen cannot buy the the MLS team unfortunately because of his passing, but uh, we'll figure out a way. We'll get that yeah. Microsoft money somehow. <laughs> How do you feel about this game, Steven? Are you excited to watch an MLS final? Your first MLS final since STL was announced to having a team? <laughs> I was going to say, I have watched them before. I'm, I'm, I am excited. I uh, I don't know what to expect because I do feel like either team could win. Um, but I think probably, to me, uh, Seattle winning like a controlled sort of 2-0 game is the most boring option so that feels like what will happen yeah <laughs> like yeah i think it's only it's only the perfect way to end this because of how like crazy these playoffs have been uh, like every game has been high scoring and just like scoring yeah. us around a play and upsets in the final conference finals and like of course the final would be like a one mil game where like they're two shots on goal or something like yeah. that. <laughs> and it's like, isn't it weird too how in soccer two nothing is way more boring than one nothing a lot of yeah. times? Like if you get that, you know, you know that like end flurry of yeah 
the ball doesn't leave your like final third for you get that like 25th (laughs) minute goal and that like 50th minute goal and it's just like ugh, gross um so yeah i mean i think if i had to put money down i'd probably say seattle but uh it could go either way toronto's been on a run of winning championships lately so maybe they'll take the cake and you know god knows the maple leafs will never do it so they need right so every other team can because the maple leafs just not right (laughs) the argonauts are probably due and the uh you know the raptors did their thing so just as long as it's not the maple leafs i'll trade any other title for that one (laughs) yeah any final thoughts on that no i think i mean it should be like they're both they both play like really open style so it's not like they're both like shut down teams necessarily so it should be fun regardless but yeah yeah, i'm looking forward to it i think my money is definitely on seattle um but that is that we'll see and if josie plays it it could be different um yeah there's not a it hasn't been that eventful a week in the world of um professional football uh Unai Emery stripped Xhaka of the captaincy of Arsenal. That should fix things. Uh, oh, uh, and Aubameyang is the new captain, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Is that what this says? Let's see. Did you yeah, hear that? Yeah, that's how you fix the problems. Yeah, that's definitely, that seems like the right move. Also, uh, yep, it was Aubameyang. And uh, Liverpool is having two games on back-to-back days, which should never be allowed to happen. So they're just playing two completely different lineups, which Even what is the Club World Cup? (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to ask me what the Carabao Cup was, and that alone felt impossible. But um, they, uh, I don't know. I literally have no idea. Honest to God, can't answer that. All I know is that they're playing a guitar for some reason. I yeah. have no idea. <laughs> what is it like? Is it like a? How is it different from the Champions League? By the name alone, it sounds like it should just be the Champions League, basically. Yeah, I think I, from my limited knowledge, I thought it was like one team per continent was being represented, but I just, what's the point of it? <laughs> i don't know why outside of making money obviously yeah fifa tries to push a little too hard sometimes and that's the point of it here's the uh here's a crazy stat we can end on unless you have anything else to say uh Lionel messi you know we joked about christian pulisic being the best player in the world and he is it wasn't a joke but uh second best isn't bad and Lionel messi failed to score or assist on a goal tonight in a home Champions League group game for the first time since 2012. Wow. Uh, Pretty good at soccer, that Lionel Messi. Uh, Pretty good. So coming to a Miami United FC uh, inter city (laughs) stadium near you, uh, Lionel Messi, one Maybe of like 37 year old Lionel Messi is going to be like the best player that MLS has ever seen. Oh, so absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be an absolute joke. Uh, it's going to be like Zlatan coming over on crack. It's going to be insane. Um, well, Steven, here's some good news for you. Uh, Liverpool chief executive Pierre Moore assured that Qatari authorities have permitted LGBT football fans to attend FIFA World Cup matches in December. Oh, that'll, so. that'll, yeah, that's really <laughs> I'm sure that'll open up Qatar to right. Real so we have that. We have that for us. Uh, yeah, that's good news. That's hey, you know, I'll I'll try not to be a cynic for once, but uh, that's not going to last long. So how uh, so which did they ever I finish guess the those... Cup World Cup doesn't probably matter. So that's where we'll send the B team, and then the A team will go to 
Caraval Cup? I don't know because the Caraval Cup doesn't matter either. So <laughs> how do they choose? I guess they're in the like final stages of the Caraval Cup at that point. That's like the quarterfinal, so that's probably where they send the A team. I mean, their B team's pretty good. <laughs> you got like Shakiri, and Shakiri might actually get to play a game, which would be interesting. And um, they've got some good players there. Ox can start on that team, but yeah, it's 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 bizarre to be sure. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, did Qatar ever finish those imaginary clouds they were gonna build? Did you hear about that? I don't believe so. So when uh, the track and field world championships were in there, they like air conditioned the track. Uh-huh. So the track was like, I think it was like 85 degrees. And then the second you stepped outside, it was like 115. Uh, <laughs> bummer. Uh, I really wanted to see fake clouds flying overhead because, you know, they wouldn't have talked about that every four seconds for the entire World Cup. Right. Um, well, Qatar 2022 is a long way away, but uh, I'm already excited. I'm already excited. I love the World Cup. Anything else you want to say about anything in the wacky world of uh, soccer or um, is it Colleen Rooney's book deal? Colleen, is that the right? Say so, so a follow up from uh, the Wagnerock saga. Colleen Rooney has been offered a book deal for sleuthing abilities. Is what the Guardian reported. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Hopefully, fantastic, great. She will be the next uh, author of Agatha Christie. Um, Wagatha Christie. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. No, um, I don't know. That That's just perfect. We just need to end on that, I guess. Um, anything else you need to say before we get into nope. Nope, I'm, I'm soccered out. Okay. We're excited. We're glad to be doing this, and hopefully we'll have Ian back next time. Uh, and hopefully we'll have uh, more soccer drama to talk about. But until then, we'll uh, talk to you later. Yeah, if Ian's listening, just remember that the crow flies at midnight. So, Indeed. Good night, everybody. <laughs>